0: Hello and welcome to All Remote Podcast. My name is Ilana, And my name is Anya. And we are your hosts. All Remote Podcast aims to give space for all remote advocates to share ideas and insights into the future of work. We believe the future of work should create equal opportunities for everyone, regardless of their location, gender, or any other category. Enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of All Remote Podcast. Today I'm talking to Erin Blasky, who is their director of marketing at Fellow, which is a meeting productivity app. Erin, welcome.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Super glad. I'm super excited to have you. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's, uh, we had a bit of snowfall yesterday or this morning, sorry, here in Canada. So it's, it's a nice blanket of white outside and that the first snowfall is always really magical.
0: (laughs) That's wonderful. Ah, you're so lucky. I love snow. So it's already snow time. That's uh, crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Although you know what? Um, and this is going to be perfect for our conversation today. It's so amazing to have snowfall and not have a commute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> those, oh yes. <laughs> those things are so great when they're combined.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So this year we will all enjoy snowfalls from the comfort of our homes.
1: Yes, yeah,
0: tea and blankets included. Exactly. Wonderful. So today we're going to talk a little bit about remote work and the, the nature of it that has become somewhat a transactional one uh, and you know how it can really impact negatively the workplace culture. So to set the tone for the conversation, uh, I'm going to refer to a great Medium article that you wrote, which I will include in the description if anybody wants to dive deep into, into details. But we're living in, in the time when you know pings and status updates have replaced the good morning, how are you feeling, et cetera. What, what happened somewhere that just completely made the switch?
1: Yeah, that's a great, uh, great place to start, I think, for our conversation today. Uh, so, what I want to what I want to start with is um, so before you know COVID times, uh, which obviously forced a lot of people into remote work that isn't necessarily remote work by design, but it's actually just office mm-hmm. work being done uh, remotely right now. Um, but before that, I spent uh, almost fourteen years working remote as I was um, building my own company, and my my team was fully distributed, my clients were fully distributed, so. I have 14 years of experience working in, in a, an actual remote by design environment, mm-hmm. and I got, I would say, quite used to working remote, but also what it meant to build a team in a remote environment, what it me- meant to have clients and still build relationships with those clients in a remote environment. and. This time though, uh, now that we've all, you know, moved from, not all, most of us have moved from being in an office to now working from home. It's very different. It's very, very different than, than what it was like when I was, you know, fully dedicated to being remote. And I think when it first, when we first sort of got thrust into this new remote environment I think we were much more cognizant of how people were feeling and, you know, we were leaning more heavily on empathy and compassion and even our management and leadership styles were really supportive around, you know, the pandemic. But as time has gone on, you know, it's uh, easy for some of those things like empathy, compassion, compassion. Uh, to start falling away a little bit because we're now in this environment. This is looking like the new reality for a lot of people. A lot of big companies and small companies have made the decision to stay remote forever um, because they're realizing, oh, it's cheaper. And it's, you know, it's a little bit easier for like talent acquisition and things like that. But those same companies aren't putting as much time, effort, and focus on actually creating a proper remote work environment. And they're not training their managers and leaders on how they need to manage and lead teams remotely. And so it's it's sort of like, I always, I think about it a lot like, you know, when you first become a manager or leader, you're not handed a playbook, right? You're not given a guide to say, this is the best way to be a manager or leader. You kind of have to figure it out. And I think a lot of companies are doing that right now. They're trying to figure this out, but because it's not something that we're putting formal processes around, some companies definitely are, but not all. Uh, and because we're not really doing that, it's really easy to slide into some of these, I would say maybe bad habits that exist when you are interfacing with a computer screen more than you're interfacing with humans. And What I've noticed personally is that it's very easy and, and I'm a manager of a team as well. And it's very easy sometimes, um, when you sit down at your computer and you're focused on work and you have like a long list of things to do, it's really easy to just ping your team and be like, where are we at with this? Uh, are, you know, Mm -hmm. are you, are you on track to meet that deadline versus saying first, like, good morning, how was your evening? you know, what did you get up to last night? Because these are things that would happen if you were in the office, right? When people are coming into the office for the first time in the morning, everyone's having small chat. And that's, that goes away really quickly in a remote environment if you're not intentional about it. So I think it's a lot of things. I think I think it's number one, companies are just having to navigate this new normal and it's really difficult um, to do it without having a playbook or a guide. Um, two, humans are naturally um, you know, more likely to go from point A to point B as quickly as possible versus taking their time. And I think, see, it's just around that intentionality, right? Like I think, I think we just need to make sure that we're keeping intentionality and our human beings and the people we work with top of mind. So I think it's a lot of things, um, but those are some highlights. Yeah.
0: It's a lot of things. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But those, those three sum it up pretty much. Another thing that by, you know, taking out this, um, Intentionality and, um, you know, small talk or just, you know, exchanging pleasantries, if you will, I, like some people use it as a, as a bad term or, you know, something that mm-hmm. is just, you know, a waste of time because you can use yes. these five or 10 minutes of initial um, chat when you start a meeting uh, for work, right? For creating output. And it seems that we have become the byproducts of our own outputs and that this whole, uh, personality and um, you know relationship does not matter because, hey, you can use this time to actually work and do mm-hmm. something. Um, so that, that's another thing that, uh, that I think is really you know, important to highlight. and yeah.
1: Absolutely. And if you look at a lot of the studies that are coming out right now around remote work, and um, again, this isn't remote work by design. This is remote work in a crisis, it's very different. Um, but if you look at a lot of the studies and blog posts and articles, they're all focused on that element you just talked about, which is the productivity. So they're, you know, all these companies are saying we've gone remote and productivity is through the roof, but that comes at a cost. Like you can't have, you know, this amount of increase in productivity without also thinking about the counterbalances. Thinking about the, you know, the, the lack of those little uh, interactions with your team members and the impact that that has over time on a human psyche, because I don't know about you, but I hate the feeling of just feeling as though I'm an output machine, you know, that I literally could be replaced by a robot and it wouldn't matter because no one, you know, is really looking at me from the human element and I'm not saying that happens um, with me at fellow, but it is something that is happening. And sometimes it's a varying degree. Like, you know, it doesn't mean that it's like, it's either you're, you're viewed as a human and you're well taken care of, or you're not at all. Like there's a a sliding scale. And I think that we really need to maintain a a focus on ensuring that while we, yet like productivity is important, outputs are important, but like, the human beings driving the productivity and output is more important because without them we don't have the output right if we lose them we no longer have it and so i think it's just about finding that balance of uh, still wanting to be productive and yes a lot in a lot of ways remote work is is a lot more productive you don't have a lot more like a lot of the interruptions that you might have in the office but sometimes those interruptions are important and i think that's the piece that we just really need to keep in mind as we progress further into, into remote work.
0: Exactly. And I'm glad you mentioned that You know, this year is not really remote work as we know it. I, I've personally never worked in a physical office, so I spent all my working life outside of it. And this year, yes, has been a lot more productive when we're talking about the output itself but it also decreased in this balance, right? Because mm-hmm. I was just, you know, at home uh, and because of, you know, everything that's that's happening with COVID and everything that's happening in, in Serbia where I'm at, you know, at, at some point we had a curfew. Uh, so we, we actually couldn't leave the house, coincidentally, exactly when I would usually stop with work and, and just, you know, get out and do something. But I, I stayed because, you know, there's just you know more time I can use it. Maybe I can finish this and not leave it until tomorrow. And I know a lot of colleagues and, and people I talked about face the same. Uh, so we need to really, really be intentional and, and introduce this human touch even more to support the other colleagues and, and team members.
1: Yeah. And you just made me think of something really important. And that is, uh, you mentioned the curfew and you mentioned having to sort of be stuck inside that's the reality for a lot of people. And like our team, even at Fellow, is distributed. We have people in different countries where their rules are very different than our rules might be. For example, in Canada, but for these individuals that have curfews and who are maybe more confined to their homes, I mean, we all had to go through massive amounts of social distancing. And even in some cases, distancing from our families um, and friends, right? Our social circles had to become really small. And the interesting thing about that is, and I think this is like, a, and again, you just sparked this thought in my brain, is that we actually rely ever more heavily on our colleagues mm-hmm. to give us that social interaction that we are so deprived of right now in in the real world and i think there's an element to that that is hard because you know it's it's difficult for anyone to be all things to one person meaning a colleague but also your support system and also the ear to you know listen when you're going through something hard and also the person that's going to See you going through all of these ups and downs, but when we don't have our social circles and our normal support systems in place, who do we turn to, right? We're often leaning more heavily on our colleagues, and so there's a lot more, I think, a lot of additional burden being placed on each other. But it's also, it also means that employers need to, I think, really take a good look at who do they have on their team who on their team may actually be in a situation where they are not only having to be isolated, but maybe they're also, you know, they don't have a whole family unit around them at home. Like maybe they're single, you know, these are all realities. And I think it's just so important to realize that through this period of time of remote work, that our humans need us, you know, as colleagues and employers and managers and leaders more than ever, because they're, they may be missing a lot of that. You know, in their day-to-day life.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or on the contrary, if they are parents and have you know kids who are uh, not in school or who're young or whose nannies cannot come and take care of them, it just adds layers of complexity that is just a. Uh, beyond normal setup, I would say. So
1: yeah. 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 My, I mean, my own daughter, you know, she's uh, nine, um, you know, just turning 10. She was home from March on, right? Uh, she's now back in school or we're, we're fortunate in Canada to have, uh, you know, a fairly low case count. Mm-hmm. So she can be back in, in a physical school now, but, but still, it's still complex. I, I don't have the same level of care for her meaning i can, she can't do an after school program um, you know which means i have to pick her up earlier than i normally would and that does add a layer of complexity to my day and and i think i think if managers and leaders can take one thing away from this area like this time of remote work it's that empathy and compassion are so critical Mm -hmm. to helping your teams get through this time in a positive way so that when they come out of the the other side, they're not burnt out, frustrated, jaded, you know, cynical, all the things. But empathy and compassion is going to be going to be so important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So talking about uh, empathy and sympathy and this human touch, a lot of uh, remote teams, you know, experienced remote teams are used to team meetings uh, and daily standups, maybe in a virtual setting. But then also everybody who hasn't been working uh, remotely is now faced with, I think it's safe to say, numerous meetings Yes, uh, because you know the meeting count just keeps keeps on uh, rising as we go. Uh, so, how can one introduce this this human element, or what can you do to as a manager or not? Because I think leadership can also come from team members, not necessarily managers. Mm-hmm. So, what can you do uh, to to introduce this or practice this?
1: Yeah, that's a great uh, topic of conversation. And just last night, I, I did a I put out a tweet. And the tweet said something like, you know, on a serious question, I I said something like, for those of you that have meetings all day long, when do you get your actual work done? You know, like, and that was it. That was the tweet. It was short, but it, it has so much conversation and shares on it that I realize that I have hit a nerve for people right now, (laughs) you know, people right now, like, I think we, we, we were already inundated with meetings. Um, but now it's just meetings galore because, you know, it's the easiest way to communicate with your team members and you don't have those like quick office moments in the same way that you might in person. Now, mind you, I as as I mentioned, I've worked 14 years remote, so I do fully believe that work can still happen in a remote environment in a very productive way. But we, we're in this new environment; we have so many more meetings um, on our schedules, and you know, it's interesting. Like Fellow, as as you mentioned, is a meeting productivity app. We spend a lot of time thinking about you know, meetings and how to have better meetings and how managers and leaders can set up the right kinds of meetings for their teams. Mm-hmm. And we've been experimenting as well internally around, you know, meetings in general and, and what that structure looks like for us. We, uh, I'll just talk about my marketing team as, as one example. So we realized really quickly when we went into pandemic that it would be helpful to have a regular, you know, touch point with the team. And so we did put a daily standup in place and that lasted for a little bit, but we realized that, you know, what was happening was because of the time it was set at, most of the team didn't really feel like they could get into anything, you know, from a deep work perspective with having that meeting at nine thirty. right? It was sort of like, we can't start our day until we have this standup. And so what we did is we, we tweaked the meeting and we actually made three meetings, uh, three daily stand-ups a week, async instead of in-person and and synchronous. And that's been really helpful. So basically uh, for anyone not familiar with what an async meeting looks like, uh, we essentially have a meeting agenda in place. Obviously we use Fellow to do that, but we um, have this standing agenda. And instead of meeting live to have this, you know, kind of in-person conversation or virtual uh, face-to-face conversation, we instead just fill out the agenda, and if we have questions for each other, they go in the agenda. We answer it there, and we've replaced three of those meetings uh, with that new format, and it's been phenomenal in terms of reducing Zoom fatigue, um, reducing just the this idea of like, okay, my day can't start until I do this meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. that's been really, really helpful. As a company, we've also introduced a a weekly town hall meeting. So every Friday afternoon, just for, I think it's an hour and a half, we we meet as a full company and we have a specific agenda we follow. And it's it's really simple. It's like celebrations and shout outs. Uh, We do kind of news and updates uh, from a company perspective. And then we have a show and tell period. So people can share something they're working on. They can uh, honestly do a presentation on something completely outside of work. So they could do like a hobby or uh, share something they've learned. Um, But this is a a meeting for us to really get the team together. Videos have to be on, you know, unless there's like some scenario in which that just doesn't make sense. Uh, But for the most part, everyone puts their videos on. And we try in that meeting to give everybody a voice so that they can actually speak and we can hear each other talk, um, particularly for us that are cross-departmental or may not work with each other as often. Outside of that, uh, we do still have a lot like, you know, all of your normal kind of meetings, whether it's cross-functionally or departmental or leadership meetings, but its I would say the one thing we've noticed is just because of the sheer volume, it's really important to check in with team members often. We do a lot of feedback on meetings to say, are these meetings useful? Do you find them helpful? Should we keep doing them? And uh, and then making those adjustments pretty quickly. You know, we don't wait until it's a big problem. Um, if we see something that can be fixed, we try to do it right away. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a bit of a, a meeting and productivity nerd over here. Um, I love that whole subject. But uh, those are just a few of the things we've done since going remote.
0: That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. No, it really. Uh, I think what, which, which all the things that you just said really speak to just you know trying and getting feedback and iterating uh, on the go. Things are changing. Teams are changing. Teams' needs are changing, uh, and I think it's just it's just really nice that that you take the time to revisit and maybe you know, cancel a meeting or schedule another one or you know in in, in just invest in, in planning and iteration
1: yeah and you know i didn't even touch on uh, one more meeting type that i think is just the most important especially right now is is your one-on-ones mm-hmm. um so we do one-on-ones with all of our you know direct reports i do them with my manager and those meetings are not project or task focused. They're very much focused on the person themselves. And I love that meeting. In fact, they often feel a little like therapy sessions, but, you know, in a, in a positive career focused way. And, uh, and, and sometimes not positive. Sometimes, you know, that's where, you know, um, constructive criticism or constructive feedback will come up. It's where, you know, suggestions for changes around the company might come up and those meetings i would say for anyone listening that it doesn't have those already in place one-on-ones with each of your team members on a weekly or or bi-weekly basis are very important right now it'll give you the temperature check you need to know exactly how they're doing from a mental like like a mental health perspective but also from a productivity perspective and an emotional perspective and You'll really understand what their actual situation and scenario is right now. And then you can, you know, manage and and guide accordingly.
0: So you mentioned that the the check-ins that are more personal or uh, more human Mm -hmm. and that are are somewhat of a a therapy session. And I I resonate with that a lot. Uh, I think it's important. And you can get the status update in a few messages or, you know, a quick email or even if you have a productivity tool, set up, you know, a software that just is full of your your tasks and then you just simply say, yes, I've done this, no, I still need to do this. But this support from another person, even if it's, hey, you know, I, I went for a little road trip last weekend, uh, I'm really excited, I'm energized. And you can see also, you know, you can look for visual cues or even, you know, voice cues and, and assess the, the energy or the motivational level, if you will, that will just eventually lead to, to productivity. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed any other uh, cues, let's say, in, in, when you're talking to to your uh, team that, that you can pick up that you can use to, to you know just be a better manager yourself?
1: Yeah, I think uh, for me... It's really about just like paying attention to, you know, to your point about to those like subtle things, right? It's, it's, you know, if you're, if you're on a a video call with someone and you can see that they're just like their energy is just low, much lower than normal. Or, you know, if they, if they just seem a little bit more withdrawn or a little bit more quiet, you know, anything that feels a little off from their normal, you know, sort of way um, of moving through the world. I like to hone in on those like small things. And often it's not, it, I don't, I try not to call out the specific behavior. Like I try not to be like, you know, your, your facial expression right there was a little bit weird, you know, like that's not helpful, but I will say things like, um, you know, I feel like maybe your energy is a little bit low today. Like, how are you feeling? And sometimes it's true. And sometimes it's actually not, um, you know, low, maybe they were just having a moment where they felt, uh, you know, a little bit of a 3pm crash. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, too. But I think, you know, open ended questions are great, you know, just checking in and saying, how are you feeling? You know, how are things going? Very, you know, it, it can Open up a conversation that uh, you know it maybe wouldn't have happened otherwise, um, but it's really just paying attention to those like subtle details. It is a little harder to do on video, and in particular if you're doing voice calls where there's no video. But I still think uh, if you spend enough time with your team, getting to know them, uh, and and you really invest in who they are as people, it's actually becomes really easy to notice any you know even the most subtle changes. I will also say if their output as a whole changes at all, or let's say the quality bar slips or, you know, anything like that, those can be signs that something's going on under the surface. And it's worth just, uh, again, uh, investigating what that might be.
0: Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what happens with the ones who might be a little shy or uncomfortable to talk about, you know, their, their needs or feelings or who just... You know, when when you ask them, how are you, they just say, fine, you, and you say, fine, and then you move on. So instead of this intentional conversation about, you know, how you're really feeling and and maybe looking for something that can help you support that person, uh, you, you just get a, I'm fine, or things are okay how do you address that as a manager?
1: Yeah. And you know, this, it's very common. Um, you know, you're, you'll lead as a manager, multiple team members who all have different personalities. They've got different working styles. They have different comfort levels with being more transparent, um, and, and more vulnerable, right? Like, I, um, err on the side of being very vulnerable and very open. Um, I'm very transparent. I wear everything right on my sleeve. Like everyone knows how I feel all the time, which is like one way, but I do have, you know, people that I've worked with who that they are the exact opposite of that. And so mm-hmm. one, one tactic that I found really interesting Uh, And and this actually came up in a um, uh, a, a virtual event we were doing with Slack. Um, And there was a a guest speaker from Slack on this call. And and they were saying that they, with their team, do this uh, check-in, a daily check-in on Slack. It's an automated workflow kind of thing where it simply just says, how are you feeling today? And it uses a color scale. And so, rather than have to name the feeling and say, you know, words, um, they just react with an emoji. And so, uh, you know, it might be the like red heart, yellow heart, you know, orange heart, green heart, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and what it's done for their team is it allows them to respond to this question of how are you doing today? Or how are you feeling with an emoji that's still representative of, you know, a, a scale but it's not, it's not so open where they have to define the feeling, say why they're feeling that way, or even put a word to it. And so we've adopted something similar to that. I really love that because it again just lets you day in and day out see like where are people at. Sometimes it even changes throughout a day. So they might start green and then you know end the day red and then you can check in on that. Another interesting thing that, um, that I heard as well from Slack was that they have, uh, like gift threads. And so they'll post a thing saying like, uh, how are you doing today? Respond only with a gift. And then people can do that. So I think there are ways that you can get people out of their shell. And I think one of the easiest ways is to give them an alternative to using words, <laughs> you know, yeah. don't make yeah. them, don't make them try to come up with, like the language that's required to explain an emotion or a feeling. Some people just aren't, you know, that's not their style, but let them do it in a GIF and they'll likely be maybe funny or still give you clues as to like how they're feeling through that. And that's something that's really simple and can be set up as an automated workflow, even in Slack. So yeah, yeah really helpful.
0: Love it. I love the idea, but w- yeah. So to follow up on that, uh, when you get, so you get responses and you get you know, them in different formats, if it's like a chat or a word or even an emoji or a GIF, which I love <laughs> from the things you shared, I love the GIF thread. But what do you, as a manager, should, what should you do as a manager to follow up? Because, you know, you, you gather this piece of information, you know, how your team is feeling, uh, but then I'm guessing it doesn't stop there, right? So what can you do to, to follow up and, and, you know, what actions could you and should you take as a manager?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, two, I I would say that there's sort of two pieces to this. I I think if you're asking that question around the gifts and the emojis in, in a somewhat public forum, like let's say it's a group chat on Slack or a group uh, channel, what you'll actually find is that team members will support other team members as well. So if someone reacts with a, um, let's say a red heart, um, you know, you may actually see people jump in and say, wow, I noticed you have a red heart. Are you okay? Can I help you out with anything today? And there will actually be a bit of an ecosystem that generates within the team. And that's really cool. That's really great for team bonding and, and really helpful, but that may not happen, or maybe you're asking the temperature check, um, in a non-public way. And so you're the one getting those responses. Mm -hmm. I think when you see the responses that are, you know, maybe not, you know, green and yellow, but maybe they're more orange and red, or it's like a negative GIF. It depends on the relationship you have with your team, um, and the team member. But I would say a really simple thing is just a quick check-in on Slack, you know, like a quick DM. Uh, like yeah, a direct message would be preferred because this way, like it reduces the, you know, publicness. Um, so a direct message to the team member to say, Hey, I noticed you responded with an orange or, you know, or red is everything all right. And is there anything I can do today to to help out? So if you focus more on the action to start versus the emotion and feeling, you're likely to get more people who are, are willing to, you know, at least Maybe they're not going to say exactly what's going on and what they feel, but maybe they will say, yeah, I actually really need help getting through this one project or um, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. Can we reduce my workload? So that could be one way. The other thing I would say is if you do have that weekly one-on-one that I suggested that you do, you put in place, if you don't have it in place, that's a perfect place to bring it up. So you could just add it to the meeting agenda, you know, in advance of the meeting, you could just say, I noticed this week you were... A little bit, um, you know, orange and red. Is there anything I can do to help? Again, broad questions to start and just temperature check uh, with them. So that, that's what I would do. Uh, but the peer thing is so cool to see happen because you will get that peer support if it is in an in a open channel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's happening more than we realize. Yes. It's just the, just because it's private or via DM. Uh, we, we don't see it, but we know we know it's happening. So that's good. Um, so to close off this conversation, and I know that we could talk about this for hours and this can, you know, uh, be a slippery slope to just overwhelming everyone with everything that you can do. Yeah. Uh, but to close off, I'll just ask you to share one piece of advice to a manager, regardless of the team size. So let's say like an average uh, remote manager.
1: One piece of advice. All right. I think if if there's anything that I would recommend, it would definitely be to one, remember that your team members are human beings that have very complex ways of moving through the world. Um, you know, they have life situations, they have family setups, they have social setups they've got things going on they have different personalities they've got different working styles um, some people are motivated by pressure some people are motivated by positivity positivity and support you know the needs of each of your team members are very different and so if there's anything I one piece of advice I would say is if you haven't already spent the time getting to really know each of your individual team members and what makes them, Tick, what makes them motivated, all those things. Now's the time to do it because if you don't do it, you know, you will lose them over time because remote, right in this environment, is putting everything under a microscope and it's making. Every, even the smallest transactions feel really, really large because it's all we have right now, right? Like each of these small moments is all we have. And so definitely just get to know your team members and then practice empathy and compassion. And if you don't have that naturally, um, there are so many books like start with Brene Brown. Um, you know, she's a fantastic author on vulnerability and courage and bravery and empathy. Start there just learn some of those skills if, if they're not inherent to you, because they're going to go, they'll go a really long way um, right now. And, and until we get out of this, you know, remote work in a pandemic.
0: Erin, thank you so much for this conversation. I think it, it's very useful, insightful, and hopefully motivating. Uh, and it just, yeah, it was a pleasure to, to talk to you today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to All Remote Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Erin Blasky. Feel free to explore other episodes and subscribe so you can stay in the loop. Until the next time, bye.